God, I love this song. Welcome to Emsi on Sports episode number 149. I'm your host, Mark Hepsher. Today on the show, oh, alongside Toronto Mike, by the way, alongside uh, the great Toronto Mike with his <laughs> I, love, I, I Cycle Toronto t-shirt. How many t-shirts do you have in your collection? Oh, I once did a count. I've got like 60, maybe. That's it? I got more maybe more. That. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, where would the Toronto Maple Leafs be? This is a rhetorical question. Uh, without Freddie Anderson in goal. The answer, near the bottom of the standings, I'm pretty sure. The Great Dane was deliciously good as the least subdued the Vegas Golden Knights last night. Meanwhile, yours truly got a soccer lesson during a visit to the Football Ramble podcast. It was a live podcast. Four guys, four blokes on stage could not, could not understand what they're saying. Talking about, yeah, talking about. Were there subtitles? <laughs> anyway, but it was quite entertaining as they went on about uh, Liverpool and Maradona, Maradona, and Michael Owen and stuff like that. They were funny, but they talked really, really fast. Did you hear about the complaints surrounding Kawhi Leonard's load management? Oh, yeah. All those American commentators think it's ridiculous that Kawhi would sit out a nationally televised game when the next night there'd be another nationally televised game on a different network. That's right. ESPN is pissed because the game that they did with Kawhi, he didn't play. The next night, TNT's game, Kawhi played. Yeah, I could see them getting upset. Uh, we know all about it, of course, because he sat many times last year, and we won a championship because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raptors get set for a long road trip starting tonight in Louisiana. TFC hope to have a miracle happen on Sunday in Seattle. Yes, the immaculate reception, the <laughs> soccer version of it, I don't know. Um, that miracle, by the way, would be Josie Altador actually playing in the MLS Cup. And the story of an NFL quarterback who wants all the TVs turned off during training because the broadcasters keep saying bad things about him and the team. Turn those televisions off because they're criticizing us again. That wimp. It's all ahead, but first, uh, your Toronto... Well, wait, first, before we get into any of it at all, you probably know by now that as as a former uh, sportscaster and journalist, how would I describe myself, in, in terrestrial radio and television for many years, I think I'm eminently qualified to talk about or discuss or criticize even... Um, you know, what I think are bad is bad broadcasting. Indeed, absolutely. Thank you. So yesterday, twice, uh, once on TSN, and, and right around the same time, because I'm a dial flipper, on Sportsnet, on their shows. And I can't, now again, I don't remember if it was on the actual uh, Sports Center, Sports Desk, Sports Connected, <laughs> whatever the, uh, their, their desk shows are called, or it was on part of the broadcast, right? Like in between periods of the broadcast or on the panel. But anyway... It was said this twice. Someone said, well, let's talk about past history. And I just go, no, come on. You can't, come on. Like the producer has to get in that person's ear going, please don't, please don't do that. Because to me, that's like the Department of Redundancy Department. Right, right. Like from Monty Python. Like, come on. It's either history or it's the past. It's not past history. But what happens though now is this has become so much a part of our lexicon that people hear this and then they start repeating it because they hear people on television or on radio say it and they go, well, I guess that's how you speak English. Past history. Come on. It's, it's either in the past, let's talk about the Maple Leafs past, or let's talk about the Maple Leafs history. Do you want to know why they say that? I have the answer. Okay. Okay. It is to differentiate between the term they like to use, recent history, so they'll say, in recent history, which means, you know, only whatever, I don't know, a few years back. And then they'll say, to, to, be, to differentiate between recent history and past history, they call it past history, no. which is longer back. No, no, no. Believe me. Both of these, both of these expressions, past history, had to do with the last week's games. Okay. Okay? 
then let's it is re- about, it is let's redundant. talk about the past history of the Leafs. Uh, they've won three in a row. They've played overtime in three of their last four. Okay, it's come on. Anyway, but anything like that. And I know I took a shot at one of the announcers for mispronouncing the name Gail Monfils. But again, this is something you you there's a you have a responsibility. It reflects badly on the company, on the broadcaster, on Bell, on Rogers, on Sportsnet, on the Fan 590, on TSN 1050, on whatever, however you're consuming it. It reflects badly on the company if these professionals are mispronouncing, misspelling, using improper grammar after a while. And it's not like, I'm grammar police. I'm coming to your... It's not quite like that. Like, you know, some people that are really snobby about it. Like that, you know, ex- you know, extremely educated people say, you're using the wrong preposition and shit like that. that. That I get it. And a lot of people do not like to be called out, you know, on, on if they misspell something or they miss. But, but quite frankly, if you're a professional at this, you've got to do a better job. You've got to step up here. And TSN and Sportsnet, that's different from the CBC, let's say, where they have standards and practices that are very, very strict. They, you know, their producers, you know, are pretty well versed in, you know, the English language and proper pronunciation and grammar and stuff like that. And not so much at TSN and Sportsnet. I don't think it's as big of, um, it's a prerequisite. You don't have to, you know, be well versed in the English language as long as you can produce sports content and that kind of thing. And I don't think the producers are the types, I, I could be wrong, some of them are, some producers I know are, they right. run the show. And if you say something wrong or you say something that's incorrect or grammatically incorrect or whatever the case is, they're going to tell you. But nowadays, not sure if that happens as much. Possibly the most well-known <laughs> sports media personality in this entire country is Donald S. Cherry. You can make that argument. He's, and not, no- he's not a sports media personality. That's different. Of course he is. No, no. No, he's a personality. But he's not a sports media personality. Well, he's a, he's a hockey... He, uh, he's a hockey commentator. So, so that, that's a bit different than he's on the desk or there are certain standards and practices that he has to adhere to. Okay. He's a, he's a lone wolf. You know that. He's like, Don, come on in. You think the CBC, Don, come on in. <clears throat> Let's go over these expressions you've been using. No. And that's what makes him so endearing to so many people. But that's Don. But okay. that, that's, a, that's a one-off. So that's different. That's an outlier. But if you're some... If, look, let's be honest. If you're... Hello, I'm presenting the sports tonight. Hello, everyone. I'm presenting the sports tonight. Okay? You're watching Bell right. or Rogers or Chorus or whatever. Every big company. And here I'm going to mispronounce this name. And I'm going to use, you know, redundant expressions. Uh, and past history at 8 a.m. in the morning. No, no. It's either 8 in the morning or it's 8 a.m. Because <laughs> 8 a.m. in the morning is redundant, okay? And these are, uh, and this is laziness. It's Mike. It's lazy. That's all it is. Now I will argue that uh, it's just sports, okay. and who cares? You're right, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but, 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 and I also wonder if you're not being if past history in having an issue of past history isn't a little bit pedantic. Possibly, yeah, you're probably but right. You're probably you're, right. you have license still, because you still, are from the industry. I don't expect the person to go and I I apologize for using the expression past history when everyone knows it's either past or history. I don't expect <laughs> that, but I, I I at least if I can stop one of the the people that have used it, to, if they can now go, oh, geez, you know, I used that the other day. I'm yeah. really going to watch myself like a swear word, okay? Like you're not going to say fuck on the air if you're working for these places, right? You, you're conditioned not to. So can right. you not just before you're about to say past history go, and that's history, or come up with another expression moving forward. Ancient history. But see, moving forward <laughs> is not redundant because you're moving, but you're moving forward. Right, because you could move backwards. You could move backward, exactly. Right. But, but anyway, so that's, that's, so that's my little beef there. I think that's every my, episode of Hamzy on Sports should start with your, uh, your beef with the... Because uh, you watch a lot of sports, and that's important. That you watch. I do. 
part of my job, right? But I also, yeah. I and have you a, love it. I have an affinity for the business. I was in it for many years, okay? And let me tell you, and I, I don't want to sound like a craggy old guy, but look, back when I was doing the show, <laughs> if we ever made mistakes like that, we would be called on the carpet for it, and justifiably so. You mispronounced this. In fact, you know what happened was, I think I'm, and I don't remember even who it was, but I remember mispronouncing a hockey player's name. And that night in the studio, the phone rang. Okay, and it was the uncle of the guy, and said, "You're mispronouncing the name, right?" Right. In fact, geez, I'm thinking. I think it might have been Frank Peterangelo, the goalie. We said we used to call him Peterangelo. It's Petrangelo from from Niagara Falls. But this was back in the '80s, right? So it's like, oh, Frank Peterangelo, right. and then you know, it's a phone call for you. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm his uncle. It's because remember we did it's, pronounce it's Petrangelo, right? And I'm we, okay, and we started <laughs> calling him Frank Petrangelo. We were saying Andre. Andre Eskew, for a while, we were saying Andre Eskew, and then we learned you have to kind of bleed him. It's Andrescu. Andrescu. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But if you're Romanian, it's Andreescu, right? And if you listen to the European commentators when they're doing tennis, they say it, uh, they don't say Andrescu. They say Andreescu. Tavares or Tavares? Which ah, one is on, it? Have we decided? Let's not get into that. Okay, so, uh, so the Leafs last night, uh, Freddie Anderson could be the Vesna Trophy winner this year. And, and if Michael Hutchinson never plays another game, I won't be unhappy. <laughs> but again, then the Leafs will be nowhere in the playoffs. This guy was fantastic last night. Best game he's ever played as a Leaf. Okay? Look at the circumstances. They take a dumb penalty at the end of the game, although there's never, it's never a smart penalty too many men on the ice. No, no. one ever goes, well, that was, a smart, that was a smart penalty. Like a smart penalty, to me, is obstructing a guy who's going to be headed for a breakaway. And, uh, you know, that's a smart, a good penalty to take there, right? Good, or you would have scored. Right. But... A dumb penalty, of course, is always the one, like, you know, you know, using your stick when you don't have to. But, but too many men on the ice in the last minute and 30 seconds of the game is you should have lost the game. Just on that. You should have lost the game. But Freddie Anderson stood on his head, figuratively, stood on his head <laughs> at the end of regulation. And then in overtime, made like an amazing save, you know, right across ice pass. Boom, fabulous save. And then the Leafs won it on a goal by Tavares, who didn't have a very good game, by the way, last night. And that's the other thing. You forget about all those things. He scored the winning goal. All but if you looked at his whole game, it was like, where the heck was he? Especially that they had no shots in like 16 minutes. What the hell was going on? Like, how could a team that talented go 16 minutes without a shot on goal? Like, that baffles me. Well, I'm curious. Do you have any, uh, like, is it the coaching? What is it? Is oh, it's it... the coaching. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's Babcock's fault because he's so concerned about the taste of the sausages at TFC games that he's not. <laughs> right? Yeah, he comes up before the press conference yesterday and says, you guys had the sausages at the TFC game? Unfrickin' believable. Uh, but that's now, the kind of insight I'm looking for. Now, let's start the press conference. And everyone was like, wait a minute, the heck with the press conference? You just gave us a <laughs> golden quote there. That you prefer the sausages at, uh, are you saying that the sausages at the Scotiabank Arena aren't as good as the ones at TFC? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> are, the, are, are, are the executives now going, hey, like who's the guy that runs uh, TFC? What's Dan his name? I don't know. I only know. Danny's the coach. Come on. I don't know what's about. Come that. on. Who's the GM for TFC? I don't know. Danny Dickio. No <laughs> idea. <laughs> you tell me, Mr. Smarty Pants. I'm not. I'm just saying one guy's making a call to the other guy saying, what are you guys <laughs> doing with your sausages over there that the coach of the Leafs is, uh, has, has such high praise for them? I thought that might be a dig at Simmons there with the old hot dog or whatever. But oh, no. okay. what was that? What? No, no. Remember the uh, Kessel hot dog uh, article by Steve Simmons? And then this guy's talking about sausages. No, never mind. Please continue. The Kessel Simmons <laughs> thing? Well, you know, Steve Simmons was writing about, uh, you know, Kessel having his daily hot dog is like evidence of Kessel's uh, work ethic. Simmons didn't you know? like, he didn't like Kessel, did he? No. 
Yeah, this like, is news to you? You aren't aware no, of it. He didn't uh, like him, right? So he makes stuff up about him eating hot dogs all the time? Allegedly <clears throat> made it up. Uh, he, explained it to, he explained it to me once. It was a misunderstanding with him and his son's friend. There you go. That's all it was. It was a misunderstanding. <laughs> um, no misunderstanding uh, Mr. Anderson's at work last night, eh? 37 saves and a pretty good goaltending duel between him and Toronto native Malcolm Subban, brother of PK, uh, and brother of Jordan, I should mention as well, uh, in the Vegas net. He stopped 35 shots in the loss. Leafs have now gone to overtime or a shootout three of their last four games. They are 3-3 three and three in games that have gone beyond the regulation 60 minutes. So they've played 17 games. Six of them have gone into overtime. Uh, Mike, there was a time in the second period there where they couldn't generate that offense. Were at that time, were you like many on social media, just what the hell is with this team? Like, why do they make it look so difficult? Or are you confident that these are some of the growing pains of, you know, turning over a lineup that still isn't, I mean, Hyman's not back. Dermot didn't play that much, only about eight minutes last night, but they're still finding themselves and they're 17 games into the season. I'm fully in the uh, wait till April to get excited about anything here. Like I'm totally like just kind of, I'm enjoying it like therapeutically and tuning in still, but I don't think anything matters till April, so I'm definitely not on Twitter uh, chirping at these guys for anything at this point. Nothing. It's all uh, it's all happy. It's all happy but stuff I, coming. From <clears throat> but I've seen your work on Twitter, and a lot of times, two minutes after something happens in a game, I'll, you'll put out a tweet going, "That was unbelievable." Or Leafs, oh, if, or, if something unbelievable happens, yeah. But like when the Leafs score, you you put out <laughs> Leafs score as if you're the only one out there who's telling the people who are on Twitter that the Leafs scored. Oh, no, I never do. I do a Leafs win, but I never once in a blue moon, maybe like maybe like less than one. Go back over your people. feet. We're not going to talk about your your. <laughs> who your am Twitter I, Bruce feet. Arthur? Come on, I'm a uh, restrained. Why? What's wrong with Bruce Arthur? He tweets. Uh, he's known for his uh, political tweeting and crazy tweets. In game, does he do a lot of in game tweeting? No, not too much of that. Um. Anyway, so the Leafs win, and Michael Hutchinson's next start is supposed to be, I'm thinking, Chicago uh, Sunday. I got the Flyers tomorrow, then Chicago Sunday. That's got to be Hutchinson. Like, God forbid you would play Freddie Anderson, who's on such a roll. God forbid you'd play him in back-to-back -back no, nights. he won't. No. <clears throat> he won't do it. There's it, no chance. It's like the guy is Kawhi Leonard or something, which we'll get to later, speaking of back-to-back -back nights. So Hutchinson's going to play Sunday in Chicago, which... I don't know. Could be his first win of the year. Chicago's terrible. Awful team. Let's hope. We need to get some points. And the Flyers, we knocked them off last week in the, uh, what was it, 21-round shootout or something like that. Wasn't yeah, 11, I think yeah, 11 Freddie rounds. Anderson was pretty good in that game too, wasn't he? Stopping all, uh, so 10 of 11 in the uh, in the shootout. Okay, Zach Hyman's still not with the team, although Babcock says he should be ready to go next week, which is what he said last week, and he said that the week before. So I don't believe anything. He's like a weather forecaster. I'll be back next week. We're expecting rain a week from Wednesday. No. But no rush, no rush. <clears throat> Just make sure he's in, got right. the going going good for April. Yep, yep. Leafs now second in the Atlantic Division, three back of Boston, 21 points in 17 games. Yeah, they've looked better, um, but when they get up against the tougher opposition, that's uh, we'll see what they're made of. Also at last night's game, some good music. Now, some a lot like if you're in the arena at the game, you hear all the music, right? But if you're on TV and there's a break and uh, and then it takes a while for the face-off, you get 15 or 20 or so seconds of some music. So they played um, Bad Case of Loving You last night, which is from the album Secrets by Robert Palmer, which is 40 years old. This is my favorite song on the album. It's called uh, What's It Take? Like that guitar? Mama, what's it take? He was a dapper man. I like the way he dressed, right? He was the, uh, he had style, Robert Palmer. He's dead, man. He's dead for a while. Yeah, long time now. 
And he was in the power station, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And those videos with the beautiful dancing, slender dancing Absolutely. models. Absolutely. And uh, Simply Irresistible. And yeah, those the, yeah. the models. Yeah, the uh, so this album, this album, uh, Secrets, is 40 years old. Um, this song, Can We Still Be Friends, which is a remake of a Todd Rundgren song, did a great version of that. Uh, In Walked Love Again, oh, Jealous. Great, great album. If you've never heard the album or if you haven't heard it in many years, Go get it or download it. I did the other day. I listened to the whole thing. I took a long walk and I went, this is great. Every cut was great. Those were the days. 79. Brought you back, man. <clears throat> was a good year. There's some good music. Uh, London Calling came out in 79. That's right. Listen, there's tons of great stuff there. Tons of the police. I mean, Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah there's tons. Anyway, that's uh, that's my little music. The Pretenders. Thing. So keep, oh, The Pretenders. Keep uh, the cars. Yeah. Foreigner. You're right. No, you're right. Bang, let's a, go. Van Halen, bing, let's go, everybody. Um, so, yeah, I I, um, I give credit. As long as they don't play that song, We Built This City, because I hate that <laughs> fucking song. God, I hate that song. There's a lot of songs I hear that, oof. But, um, you know, people say, oh, you got to upgrade the music. No. Well, what do play you think a good like, song from 40 years ago. I'm okay with a great song. Right, but what about, like, <clears throat> Cotton Eye Joe? Like they don't, is that still being, being played? Cause there's a lot of garbage like that, that they like to, you know what I'd like, you know what I'd like to hear that they played years ago was, um, uh, the John Denver song. Uh, thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. Like I like that. Cause the whole crowd gets into it. It's like the, the hockey song by stomping Tom Connors. Right. Everybody gets into it. Everyone knows it. You know, it's like a pep Life song, right? Yeah. They used to play that at the seventh inning stretch in Baltimore, <clears throat> excuse me, Baltimore for the Baltimore Orioles games and the whole crowd, like, you know, the okay blue Jays, but everybody would get up and, and clap their hands and stomp their feet like a sweet caroline type thing yeah the sweet caroline thing is yeah, it's okay <laughs> because the whole crowd sings and i get that but when everyone's up and singing a song like that like you know cotton eye joe or thank god i'm a good boy i like two unlimited uh, <laughs> uh, here's an interesting non-story no update at all on the father who tweeted a picture of his 11 year old kid standing in front of the maple leaf themed birthday cake that went viral I think, everybody, everybody, we had Paul Stanley of Kiss, everybody this week got in on the act. Oh, it's a good feeling. You know, he's going to be at a Leaf game, he like is? I predicted. He is? Yeah, and, and Air Canada uh, is going to fly uh, him and his dad for free How do you to, know this? to Toronto. It's <clears throat> through Twitter. I've seen from the official verified accounts. Yeah. From so, whose who's official verified account? Well, Air Canada. Yeah. Official account tweeted that we're going to fly you guys to Toronto to for the special... Uh, yeah, for a Leaf game. Yes, this is happening. For when? Tonight? Tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know Tomorrow when. I don't know when. But if I may say... Just, oh, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Just a sec. Back up here. So Air Canada, Air Canada, their tweet mm -hmm. is enough for you to believe that this is going to happen. Yep. You didn't verify this? Heck, they even translated the tweet. This is a, you, ran through many layers of PR before right. this. this so is Air not Canada some knows. They, they know. They got the dates and everything. They're making the arrangements or, or they're hoping yep. that... They're going to come to something. I'm sure there was a, I don't know, I guess Air Canada is probably a big sponsor. No, why would Air Canada be a big sponsor? The Air Canada well, Centre for how well, many years? I, yeah, Are they still the official airline of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Probably. So they, obviously they're in cahoots here and they're yeah. going to, but I will say, uh, and from a journalistic standpoint, I think there's, I feel like they all collectively decided not to investigate this further. Like this is a feel good story that people are enjoying. It's going viral. Everybody seems to be benefiting. I haven't heard what, a word like, about it in four days. Nothing, nothing well, in four I saw days. This Nothing yesterday, from the this Air Canada thing. Well, guess what? You follow Air Canada. That's great. No, I don't follow. Somebody retweeted it. All right. You know? But nothing from the Leafs. A nothing from the father. Nothing from the Leafs. Nothing. Except uh, Dave Haggath had said four days ago, we've been in touch with them. Nothing. It leads me to believe. And the other thing is, I've read some comments, and some people out there are under the misconception that this kid is 
an autistic child, or a differently able, different, somehow. a disabled in some way, shape, or form that special needs frames the story differently. And from what I can tell, no, no. he's an eleven-year-old kid. Nobody showed up to the birthday party. His father tweeted it out. The kid's probably embarrassed as hell. Dad, allegedly, no one showed up to the birthday party. Right, Dad. Did you tell everybody that, son, this is the only way you're going to get to a Leaf game in Toronto. <laughs> just trust me, okay? I just, yeah, I don't like it. It's hinky. It's, I don't like it at all. It and probably I, wasn't <clears throat> that Machiavellian. Like, I think maybe it was to get the Twitter attention, to get Marner to tweet happy birthday for his son. Like, yeah. I mean, like everybody wants that, right? Everybody I, wants John Tavares to, to God, tweet I hope happy we birthday. never have to hear about this kid again. <laughs> I, I hope we... Cade? Is that his name? Cade? <clears throat> I hope we don't have to hear from him. All right. I'm sorry well, I brought it up. I'm it's, sorry he's I brought going it up. To be, he's going to be at a future Leaf game, and they're going to make a little noise about it. You watch and see. It's a big PR story. That's why no one wants the truth. Never let the truth get in the way of a great story Why like is this. it such a great PR story? Why? We're going to help it this just poor is. kid out. This poor, I no, can't explain no it. No kid should it a have a birthday party that nobody should. No kid should have. Nobody show up at his birthday party. I would like especially to know, a Leaf uh, fan. Especially a Leaf fan. You're wearing that Leaf jersey and you've got that Maple Leaf birthday cake. You're a super fan. We're going to make sure that you never feel... Never mind the fact that they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967 and probably won't in your lifetime, kid. We're going to make it special for you. Wouldn't you love to have a conversation with one of his uh, people who allegedly got the invitation in the show? Like, uh, <laughs> right. hey, Bobby, uh, why didn't you go to Cade's party? He's like, well, we never got an invitation. Or, I did go to Cade's party. Or... Cade's an asshole. Right. See, here's what gets it to me. None of the, look, did the CBC dispatcher crew to corner book Newfoundland to, to, to get this story? I didn't no. see anything. I didn't see, here we are at the house of Cade who's going to see a Maple Leaf game and tell us the story. And this is the house, this is the room where the party was supposed to take place. Look, the banners are still up. Look, the birthday hats are still there. And the, and the little placards the are still there. The half-eaten hot dog is still on the plate. Have you not thought the placards are still there with the names of everybody that was invited and nobody showed up? Why Why was CBC not there to do a story? You're telling me they didn't want to send somebody from St. John's to corner book? They probably have someone there. You think they have a brew? Yeah. I think in Cornerbook. No, but so in why? Newfoundland, so why they didn't do. they? Yeah, but Newfoundland's a pretty big place. Oh, you know what? I always think it's small. It's not like so, Prince Edward so, Island. So my question is: Did the Globe and Mail send a reporter? Canadian no. Press send a reporter? <laughs> did did Chorus send a reporter? Did Global send a reporter? No. Did did the National Post send a reporter? No. Did Post Media didn't send? So what's going? So what? CTV? No. So why is it? Well, you how heard- is it that this story slipped through the fingertips? Of Canada's top journalists. Well, the CBC, this is a story about Canada. Nobody wants to pry into this one. <clears throat> nobody wants to touch this one because it's, a, first of all, it's an 11 year old kid. I want so right to right know from the CBC. I want to know from the CBC. On the slowest of all slow news days, okay? And there are a lot of them. You're telling me you couldn't have dispatched the crew to find out more about this. I want to see but this why kid further shame this I want to see the father interviewed. I want to see tough questions asked. No, no, you can't. Like, can I see the guest list? And, I, and then I want to see the reporter going to the door going, why didn't you go to Cade's birthday party? Why didn't you go to Cade's birthday party? And the kid covers his face up at school. And they change his Get voice to protect his uh, identity. Get that camera out of my face. I would say this. The main reason, we all know the main reason is, no, we cannot further shame this 11-year-old boy. He's so, not shamed, but the thing is, he's not. He's going to a Leaf game. It's worth, would, but, would it be worth the shame to you if someone said to you, look, uh, we're going to pull your pants down in front of the entire nation, but then you're going to a Leaf game. No, listen. Let's pretend for a moment. Let's pretend the dad made this up, okay? Just to get some attention. Let's pretend that there were people at the party and the dad made it up, right? If oh, that no, no, is true, no, 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 no. Let's, let's pretend. Okay, how about this? How about let's pretend that oh. nobody was really invited? Okay, let's pretend no one was really invited, okay? okay? Yeah. You can't really 
embarrass this kid any further. This is an 11 year old boy who needs to have a healthy upbringing and be, you know, a good normal member of society. So basically, sometimes you kind of have to live the lie for the greater good. I guess so. Right. So people are going to go up to this kid from now and go, you're the kid who nobody showed up at the birthday party. You poor kid. Like everyone's going to feel sorry for him when he comes to Toronto. Right, you poor. But he'll kid. get a big applause, and You'll people will be kid. telling him like. Oh, then the then see then the CBC will show up, then the CBC will go okay because you know what will happen is Leafs PR and Air Canada is going to send these press releases out to oh, CBC. Yeah, they'll make the rounds. All they'll here be on in Toronto. Why should we let them? Why should we wait for them to, to go to Newfoundland? Let's let bring the kid to Toronto. Right, right. Instead right. of instead of the mountain moving to Mohammed, bring Mohammed to the mountain. Right. You're right. And okay. then, then he'll be on, he'll, you're right, he'll be yeah. on uh, CP24. He'll be everywhere. He'll be on 1010. Everywhere. And they'll, and they'll post the Breakfast picture television. of him. And what happened that day, Kate? TSN, Sportsnet. Well, every, uh, we waited and then nobody rang the doorbell. And then the time, and then no one rang the doorbell. And then nobody Just came remember. to the game. And I, okay. Anyways, By the way, that's enough with this kid. Enough of the boy. We wish him nothing did but you the know, best. Did you know that the New York Islanders had won 10 games in a row? No, I didn't know. The New York Islanders, can you name six guys on the Islanders? Never mind, I'm just, it's, it's a rhetorical. <laughs> but I mean, the New York Islanders had a 10-game winning streak. No John Tavares, right? This kid trots. Barry Trotz is their coach. Don't know if you know this guy. <laughs> and this Lamorello guy is the general manager, and they made all these changes. Did you know about this at all? I ten knew about those two things. wins yes. in a row. 10 wins in a row. But they were a good team last year. <clears throat> but 10 wins in a row. Mike, who has Hi. 10 wins? Tell me the last time that. 10 wins in a row in any sport. <clears throat> but in hockey, I'm talking wins. I'm not, ta- you know what I mean? Any Straight shootout wins. wins in that mix? No, I don't overtime think so. Wins? I don't believe so. Okay, four, three, they lost 4-3 in overtime to the Penguins on a goal by uh, Ryan Russ last night. So they even got a point. So they now have points in 11 straight games. That's pretty good. So the Islanders, so they got an 11-game unbeaten streak. That's impressive in today's NHL. I'm impressed. I didn't know they flew under the radar. <clears throat> it, it was harder back when the Leafs did it to open up that season in 93. It was harder then because you had ties and there was no shootouts. It was harder yeah, to try do explaining that to someone. Back in those days, we had what's called a tie. What? A hoot? A tie? What do you mean a tie? We didn't have three on three overtime back in those days, Billy. There was no shootout at the end of it at all. You kept playing. Uh, you played, and then Five if, you, minutes and if and you didn't have a winner, then that was it. It went into the books as a tie. Well, why, why bother playing the overtime, Grandpa? Well, son, that's a good question because before that, there was no overtime. It was if the game after 60 minutes was tied, it went into the books as a tie. Really, Grandpa? Is that why they had 25 ties in one season? Yes. Yes, it was. <clears throat> Tonight, the Raptors begin a tough Friday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday road trip to New Orleans, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Clippers one night, Lakers the next, Portland, and Dallas. It's going to go a long way in determining whether the Raptors should be considered one of the elite teams in the NBA's Eastern Conference. They didn't look so good over their, uh, in their win over lowly Sacramento the other night. They really let Sacramento back into the game. Although Sacramento shot the lights out, but they kind of played one of those defensive. They allowed 120 points. A lackadaisical against Sacramento. The good thing, though, is Pascal Siakam only had one foul. Now, you might recall on the last show, and it might have been two podcasts ago, where I said Siakam has got to stop with the fouling because he fouled out twice in the first six games. And then everybody else jumped on the bandwagon. It's like they listen to the show and they go, you know, Hebsey's right. Pascal Siakam's got to stay out of foul trouble. Let's mention that on our broadcast. <clears throat> it's okay. It's all right. I'm sure someone. I'm sure I wasn't the only one to look and go, hey, he's had two disqualifications in six games. But he came through with 23 points, 13 boards, and <clears throat> five dimes in the victory. And the Raptors are now 5-2 and two in the season. And they're fifth in the Eastern Conference at this moment. And it's a tough ticket to get. You know what? It's still a tough a good team. ticket to get. Even without, <clears throat> yes, as you know. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard 
is gone, which means, you know, you can look at, you don't have to be an expert to say we're prob- we're a lesser team because of losing perhaps the greatest player in the game. Unless you still have LeBron, still might have the crown, but who knows. But yeah, it's, it's still a very, very, very uh, good basketball team. Pretty good team. Pretty good team. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how good they are when the time comes to the playoffs. But by the way, the Raps are fifth in the East at this moment. And I'm thinking <clears throat> that they, let's see, New Orleans, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, and Dallas. I don't even know if Kawhi's going to play when they play the Clippers. I haven't looked at their schedule. And I know that when they come here, the Clippers come here in December, <clears throat> I think that's a back-to-back as well. Could you imagine all the people who spent big bucks to go see uh, Kawhi's return and he doesn't uh, suit up? Wait a minute, Mike. <clears throat> who went to <clears throat> three games last year and did not see Kawhi Leonard play? Hebsy. <clears throat> Me, all three. All three. Now, I bought tickets to see the Raptors, yes, but I bought tickets on the hopes that I would get to see, as you say, the greatest player in the game. I went 0 for 3, and I was upset, but I understood for the greater good that if I wanted to celebrate... All right, a championship for the Raptors. I would have to take one, well, three. Take three for the team. <laughs> right. Take three for the team. It's buyer beware. You know this going when you buy a ticket. You you know this is always a risk. There's no promise to you as a ticket buyer that they're going to play their right. A lineup. So let's get into this story now. You ready? The NBA has fined the Los Angeles Clippers $50,000 for statements made by Coach Doc Rivers and others that were inconsistent about Kawhi Leonard's health. Leonard sat out the 129-124 home loss to the Bucks on Wednesday night, the second time he's missed the nationally televised front end of a back-to-back this season. Last night, the following night, Thursday night, Kawhi did play and had 27 points, 13 rebounds in a nationally televised 107-101 win over Portland. Now, ESPN was scheduled to do the first game, the one against the Bucks. They hyped the game. Kawhi Leonard against the Greek freak, the MVP, the champion, back and forth. He played last time. And now, hello, ESPN. And here, ladies and gentlemen, Kawhi not playing tonight. There he is in street clothes. And Doris Burke, among others, you know, went off and said stuff like, um, uh, it's mind-boggling to me, excuse me, that Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to play against the reigning MVP, and he'd rather play against Portland tomorrow night on TNT. So now this is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's the networks. It's ESPN going, hey, we promoted this game and Kawhi's not playing. As if, like, did he not do that last year? Did he ever play in a back-to-back last year? No. What makes you think he's going to play in back-to-backs this year because he's playing for L.A.? You, unbelievable. So now ESPN's got this big hype game, and here's Doris Burke kind of going, well, I can't believe that he's not playing. In other words, I, I won't be talking to him because he won't be in the game. We can't show video of him because he's not going to be playing. And then he plays the next night on TNT, and I'm sure Charles and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson and Shaq and the boys are like, yeah, baby, we got, we got Kawhi playing tonight. You should have looked at your schedule in advance and say, hmm, it's a back-to-back. He might not play. He might not play. In fact, Let's go back over last year. He missed 22 games. He missed every back-to-back. Do you want me to go over these? No, I, I remember. Saturday, October 20th at Washington. Didn't play. First time they played Milwaukee, October 29th. Didn't play. Uh, missed back-to-back games against the Lakers and Utah. Back-to-back nights. He didn't play in either one of them. West Coast, hyperbaric chamber, knee was bothering him. He didn't play Saturday, November 17th in Chicago. He didn't play Wednesday, November 21st at Atlanta. He didn't play Tuesday, December 11th uh, uh, at the Clippers. He didn't play the next night against Golden State. So twice going to the West Coast, twice. 
He sat out both games of the back-to-back. What if those games were on national television? Oh, why would we have Raptor games on national TV? The Raptors haven't done anything. But now, this year, after what Kawhi had done, the networks look and go, who do we want? There's a lot of Raptor games on national TV, but there's also lots of games with the Clippers because they got Kawhi. Of course. So they expect to have Kawhi on national television. People are going, where's Kawhi? Guy sat out 22 games last year. Raptors went 17 and 5. I went to three games last year. I saw them play against uh, Indiana. Okay, he didn't play. Uh, I saw them play against uh, Orlando on a Sunday. He didn't play. And then I saw them on a Monday against the Knicks. He didn't play. Oh, for three. He played the game I was at. Raptors won all three games. That they he played play. very well. He didn't him, play. Yeah. Ra- uh, this year, the Clippers without Kawhi, 0 oh, and 2. And they're this big thing, folks. This is the way it works. Kawhi can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's Kawhi. Okay, he's not, it's not uh, Cal Ripken with the Iron Mind streak. This Iron Man thing, like you couldn't do this in hockey. Can you imagine, for example, Mitch Marner? Well, I'm not playing back-to-backs. I'm not playing back. Who was the last hockey player, except for goalies? We know this. Yeah, goalies goal- doesn't count. The goalies, right? But what hockey player doesn't play back-to-back? Now, for all I know, Kawhi Leonard's knee is such that if he were to play back-to-back games, that knee would balloon up and he would end up missing a week or so while he recovered, for all I know. But if everyone else is okay with it, too bad, man. Too bad. Would you rather see him hobbling around and not play well in the playoffs? No. Now, let me ask the obvious. Why the hell, in a million years, why the hell would an organization give a rat's ass about a broadcast schedule when their goal is to win the NBA exactly. championship? 100%. Like, this is the biggest non-story over here. I'm sorry, Doris. 50 but- th- wait, but what about the fine? What Because here's what happened was Doc Rivers basically said Wednesday... He says he feels great. He's talking about Kawhi. Feels great because of what we've been doing, and we're just going to continue to do it. There's no concern here. He said, you know, a lot of minutes he racked up, and look, last year. So the NBA the next day finds him because, hey, you didn't play him on the Wednesday, but you played him on the Thursday. But you said on the Wednesday that he feels fine, but you didn't play him. So that's why they find him. They find the Clippers because of Doc Rivers' comments where he basically said he felt fine, but he didn't play him. Are they obligated to play him? Do they, no. have an, do they have an obligation to their season ticket holders? No. Or to the national television audience? No. Correct. None whatsoever. Ridiculous. Stupid rule. Okay? Stupid rule. But, of course, Doris Burke at ESPN. Why couldn't he play an ESPN game and not play the TNT game? And I like what, Doris they a lot. They, but, uh... they pay him money under the table? Is that what they did? They said, quiet, come over here. Listen, here's, here's a couple. Of, here's some cash. Here's some cash, and here's some, uh, here's some of those Canada goose jackets. Um. Do us a favor. Play the second game of the back-to-back. That's our game, TNT. Don't play the first game with those motherfuckers from ESPN. Okay? You never know. He might, in fact, it's possible that somebody said something about Kawhi years ago. That he said, you know, I don't like the, I don't like ESPN. And then they said, hey, take a look at the schedule this week, Kawhi, back-to-back games. Which one do you want to play? Which one's the ESPN game? Uh, it's the first one against Milwaukee. Greek Freak. Yeah, my knee, I'm getting a bit sore for that one. Yeah, I think I'll play, I'll rest that one, play the second game. You never know. You never know. And we don't need to know. We don't need to know. And like I told you, I went to three games last year, three Raptors games. Cost me, I don't know, it cost me probably a total of you know, eight, seven, eight hundred bucks. Wow. Never got to see him. Okay? Never got to see him. Saw him sitting in street clothes. In fact, one of the games, I don't even know if he's in street clothes. I didn't see him even anywhere sitting anywhere near the bench. But like I said, they were 17 and 5 without him, and they won the championship with him. So to everybody else, <laughs> Last night, my friend Greg Brady and I attended a live podcast called The Football Ramble. Football meaning soccer in this particular case. A hugely popular podcast. It's been out there for about six or seven years and has built quite the following. Kind of like your show, Mike. 
um, because they've got live audiences that come out to the events. So about two, I would say about 200 folks, maybe more, showed up at the Danforth Music Hall last night for their live show. And you know what? It was great. There's four hosts. I don't know any of their names. They're pretty much interchangeable because when you listen, you know, you, it's hard to put a face to them and all that. And they kind of sort of sound the same, but they're funny. They're good. Uh, the show's interactive. They have a big screen that shows neat highlights and stuff like that. But a lot of it is real, like, inside soccer. You know what I mean? Like, a real inside soccer. Like, you got to really follow the league and you got to right. know that. You got to know the past history. <laughs> you got to know the history of the league, too, recent or uh, ancient. You got to have a little bit of that in you. Like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be me. Yeah, I no. never heard of these like guys. Like, the guy sitting next to us was a Liverpool fan. And in the middle of the show, they go, All right, we're going to do uh, 20 questions or whatever. Any Liverpool fans out there? And the guy puts his hand up and we're in the third row. So he points to him and he comes up on the stage. And this guy knew, like, how, you know, uh, he knew everything from like years ago about Liverpool. He knew everything about them, their greatest win, their no, 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 who had more goals. He this knew guy what Liverpool career. the way you know the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you really got to be deep. So after about, I don't know, what, an hour and a half or so, it's starting to stuff started going over my head. <laughs> like they're talking about Diego Maradona and his cocaine use and how he scored a goal once. And as he was celebrating, somebody ran over with a line of cocaine that he snorted while he was doing his celebration and stuff, some interesting stuff, funny stuff. Anyway, right. it's called the football ramble. Thought I'd give you, uh, let you know that uh, that's, a, that's good. It's a good listen. If you're really into, if you're like hardcore Premier League, it's a really good podcast. The guys were very, way, very exciting. Your buddy Greg there has been showing up yep. on uh, AM 640. Yes, so they tell me. I think he was on this morning talking to Stafford about uh, TFC. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, hello, Greg. Hi there. Uh, and, of course, I was in a good mood, uh, soccer mood last night because Tottenham had won the day before in Champions League play, and it looks like they'll get through the group stage, so that's good. So I was in a soccer mood. But, you know, after a while, when you hear guys, and, and, and they, I shouldn't say, like, they, they speak, you can understand what they're saying. Right? They're, they're British, it's not, right? It's, it's not, yeah, right. It's not like they go, you know, they, but Co- sometimes they're going on really quickly, and you're like, whoa, did I just miss that? I caught Sunderland, and I caught Southampton, and I caught... And the name, I think of a coach that I kind of, and then, but the rest of it was like a blur. It just was way too fast. <laughs> you need subtitles. Let's talk about North American soccer now. The MLS. Can you name me? Oh, never mind. TFC striker Josie Altidore I know said him. it would take a quote miracle for him to play in the MLS Cup final against Seattle on but Sunday afternoon. I think the full quote was minor miracle. Minor. Did he say minor miracle? I thought it was minor miracle. Oh, I didn't hear the minor part. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. And does that does that reduce it? Does I that, feel like that means there's a chance. Well, no, but here. <laughs> Look, it's either a miracle or it's not a miracle. Like a minor miracle, then it's not a miracle, right? It is, it's, but there's what's different below, degrees what, of miracle. What, no, no, there isn't. See, that's just it. There isn't. There's a miracle, and then there's the next level, which is not a miracle. You tell me what it is. But a miracle is an impossibility. So that is so Correct. to translate that, he's saying, I'm not playing Sunday. Like, no, no, no. A miracle is not an impossibility. A, a miracle is a, a relative impossibility. And a minor and, miracle has a better chance. Unlikelihood. The unlikelihood. Anyway. Um, he said it would take some type of a miracle for him to play in the MLS Divine Cup. intervention, right? He's saying. We all know that he has a nagging quad injury. It's kept him out of the postseason. But Jesus Christ, Mike, how long does this fucking take to get over? A, like, listen, I'm not saying the guy's a wimp or anything like that, but come on. Well, You're I telling me if he running. goes in training, come on. Like, what are they waiting for? I guess they're waiting for the MLS Cup. Now, I say he doesn't start the game, and, but he's available as a substitute if they need him later because they've done okay without him. And, and, and would you rather have... 
his substitute out there at 100% or Josie Altidore at 75 or 80 or 83%, 86.8%. Like, what does he say the morning he wakes up? He says, I'm a, if, I'm, if I'm under 90%, I can play 15 minutes. If I'm over 90%, you can put me out there for the second half. And if I'm between 95 and 98%, then, then I can start. Like, what the hell? But it, this added intrigue is, uh, makes it more exciting. Does it? Like, will we see Josie? Will is, a miracle happen? Is I'm he playing possum here? Possibly. But also, has he not given fantastic fodder to the media? Because if he does play Miracle, right? Forget about Sleepless in Seattle. Shiftless in Seattle. You're right. He he shouldn't start. He should come off off the bench. And and he should come, when he comes out, he should have a little bit of a hobble. Just a little, just a a trace of a limp. Like Roy Hobbs. Yeah, just to give the indication that maybe, you know, he might not be. And then, and then, when he gets the ball in the box... In a, in a scoreless draw in Seattle, and he whips around and, and picks the top corner. Kirk, that's Kirk Gibson, That would be man. a miracle. That's Kirk Gibson. Oh, that's a miracle. Right. Kirk Gibson was a miracle. Kirk Gibson. Could barely, could barely could walk. Could barely walk. Got to the plate. Limped to the plate. Okay. It told his manager he could not play. Okay. Waited for that backdoor 3-2 slider from Eckersley. That ball. I don't believe what I just saw. Right, it would be something like that. So, okay, let's, so, tell so us, let's see, when Altidore comes play? into the game, no, he won't start. But he'll play. He'll come off the bench. Come I can't bench. wait. 3 p.m. Sunday. 3 p.m. Sunday, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> Josie Altidore. Uh, and anything else to do, I couldn't tell you who Seattle's got, who their coach is, anything else about them, except <laughs> those bastards are the one that beat us in, in 2016. Right. We had no, they had no shots on goal. They wanted in the shootout. And then we beat them in 2017. Yes. We won't talk about last And both year. those matches that were here, now we're in Seattle. Now we're in Seattle. In golf, Tiger Woods uh, picked himself, named himself, spoke about himself in the third person, probably for the first time. He, Tiger Woods chose himself, along with Gary Woodland, Patrick Reed, and Tony Finau, as his four captain's picks to join the United States President's Cup team headed to Australia next month. The rest of the team consists of Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar, and Bryson DeChambeau. They are playing the international team, captained by Ernie Els. Uh, and remember, this is the international team that does not include Europe. So it's not really the international team, but it's, there's no Europeans. Why? Because the Europeans play the Americans in the Ryder Cup. Okay. This is different. See, the so Ryder, this is every country Ryder Ryder Cup, that's not in Europe and not America. This is every country that's not involved in the Ryder Cup. So us, Canada. That's right. Canada is the U.S. Yeah, we're not. No, I know. International. So it's the Europeans. So all these guys like Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose and Francisco Molinari, the, the Europeans, are not playing for the international team. They're not eligible. They've got their own battle going with the Americans in golf. They can't double dip. <clears throat> they cannot. So this Ryder Cup team, captained by Ernie Els, the non-playing captain, has Mark Leishman, Jason Day, Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, C.T. Pan, uh, Hao Tong Lee, Abraham Anser, Sung J. Im, Adam Hadwin... BC, uh, Joaquin Neiman, Louis Oosthuizen from South Africa, and Cam Smith. President's Cup is next month at Royal Melbourne Golf Club, and the way Tiger's been playing, naming himself a captain, naming himself his own captain's pick, and being the captain of the team, this is huge. This is big on the big Tiger comeback thing. Because if he captains that team to victory, then it's the ultimate. He named himself on the team. He wasn't. Nobody expected him to even be playing reasonably good golf that would be fantastic that's next month uh the chicago bears are three and five this year i uh, i think i mentioned that i'd given up i was a bears fan for many years and now i'm strictly a B- buffalo bill i can't <clears throat> i've i've severed ties with the chicago bears because they've just been so horrible anyway their quarterback is a guy named mitchell trubisky all right 
Uh, he's one of the reasons that they're 3-5 and five this year. He's ranked 30th in the league in passer efficiency. He thinks the team is being distracted by all the negative media talk in Chicago. Here's what he told ESPN the other day, and I quote, trying to get some of these TVs in the building, this is a training camp, turned off because you've got too many people talking on TV about us and what they think about us, what we should do, what we are, and what we're not. But they don't really know who we are or what we're capable of as people or what we're going through or what we're thinking. It's just the outside viewers looking in. So tunnel vision, earmuffs, and just come to work every day and try to get better and get back to what we know we're capable of doing. So basically, he's being distracted by the media. He doesn't like the fact that everyone's talking about Mitchell Trubisky playing like shit and the Bears being a bad team. So he wants all the televisions turned off. What the hell is that? Why would you acknowledge that it's even an issue? Because you're just, that's fodder for the media. Hey, did you hear that? Trubisky doesn't like, wants the televisions turned off. Well, show him. You don't do shit like that, man. You ignore it. You're a professional football player. You're a quarterback. Criticism's going to come at you every time you, you throw a bad pass. Every time your team loses, you haven't figured this out by now. You're in the National Football League. You're playing in Chicago, one of the biggest media markets in the country. A team with a steep tradition. Papa Bear, George Hallis, Sid Luckman, Gail Sayers, Dick Butkus, Walter Payton, Jim McMahon. Okay? Think about, think about this team. And now, now you've got Mitchell Trubisky, who's not going to be part of this legacy who's worried, he's very worried that they're talking about him on TV and on the radio and in the newspapers, they're saying bad things about him. Now, anytime an athlete starts blaming media coverage and the team's lack of success, that athlete is in trouble. And this is Trubisky's problem. It's not the Bears' problem. It's nothing to do with them. It's his problem. Don't blame the media for your own problems. Play better. You're playing like shit. And you deserve all the criticism. You do. Because you're the quarterback. You, you could have played wide receiver. <laughs> Nobody goes after the wide receivers. Hey, the reason we're losing is because this guy, no, it's the quarterback. Can't get the ball to him. Speaking of problems, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, that's a casino, has filed a lawsuit alleging San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane failed to pay back $500,000 in gambling markers at a casino back in April. As first reported by the Las Vegas Review, Review Journal, the court documents state that Kane took out eight credits of varying amounts between $20,000 and $100,000 on or about April 15th. Wow. The date would have fallen between games three and four of the first round playoff series between the Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. Mike, what a player does off the field of play, as long as it's not illegal, is okay with me. If Evander Kane doesn't spend any money on clothes or food or entertainment, but he enjoys gambling, that's up to him. If he makes $7 million a year, which he does, and he wants to spend 500000 of that $7 million, one-fourteenth of his salary, gambling, that's up to him. Not up to me. But what I want to know is, how the hell did he lose that? Like, what was he playing? How bad of a gambler is this guy? Was it blackjack? Was it craps? Was it roulette? Was it holding poker? Was it slots? Like, how do you lose, how do you lose that kind of money? You got to be not a degenerate gambler. You got to be a bad gambler. You got to be bad. Did, did he, did he like, for example, did he go, you know what? I'm down 250,000. I'm going to take out another hundred thousand now. Okay. And I'm going to try to win back half of that 250,000 or, you know what? I, I'm done for the night. I think right. 250 K is enough for the night. And does he go back to the blackjack table? And does he like, what does he do? Does, does he, does he draw on, on 15? You know, I got 15. I want to draw six for 21. Does he see that the dealer, I don't get it. Like, how do you, you got to be a really 
bad gambler. Like, you've got to be really bad to lose a half a million dollars. But, Hepsi, at the end of the night, the house always wins, right? The, these casinos didn't, you know, they were built with the on the proceeds there. These The house always wins. You I think, think if you're, you if think you're a high-stakes right. uh, gambler, I don't think it's that difficult to find yourself that deep in debt. Now, my fear, I mean, Greg Brady, your buddy, we came up a couple of times, but he, he reminded me of this uh, story about uh, Yarmir Yager, who used to have massive uh, gambling debts. And then... Michael w- Jordan is the most famous of all the gamblers. Michael Jordan was like a degenerate gambler. Right. But again, that's their money. But here's the, dan- here's the, the danger. Is it against say, okay? the law? Not against the law. Is it distracting to the rest of the team? Would it be better if he was a womanizer? You no, know no, 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 no. I'm going to bang five chicks concern. a night. I'm not going to gamble, but I'm going to bang five chicks a night instead. The concern from a sporting no. perspective is when you have immense gambling debts like that, are you now susceptible to the kind of people who are involved in that organization coming to you and saying, hey, we're going to bet heavily on your opposition. We need you to help us. In, you know where I'm going here? In hockey? In any sport. Like, I could see it more in basketball. Sure, Michael Jordan misses a few shots, that type of thing. I saw the movie The Gambler. I could see it in soccer, for sure. It's happened. Right? But even that little sliver of an edge, I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking about... But again, But it's are half, you vulnerable <clears throat> now? We'll waive your half a million dollar debt if you lose this series. What if it was only, what if it was only 25000 well, that's, I think that's the different because seven, I, don't, I think that's pocket change the for guy a makes, guy like Kane. Well, listen, half a million for a guy that makes $7 million a year. Guess what, Mike? Uh, guess what, Vander? You made $7 million this year? No, you didn't. You only made $6.5 because you gambled away half a million. Oh, no, only $6.5 million. What am I going to do? I think I'm going to have to go into the mob and I'm going to have to throw a game. Miss a couple of empty nets, uh, wide open. So nets. why is he being sued for not paying back his half a million? Because he hasn't paid back the money. So why not? If it's if it's so easy to pay back five hundred thousand, I didn't say I came. didn't say it was easy to pay it back. I'm saying it's a slippery also, slope. If five hundred can easily become five million, Mike, and then what? Alleged. This is all alleged. Okay, it's a lawsuit. There's an allegation here. Right. We I'm haven't heard Van, that. Van, we haven't heard Van, uh, Vander Kane's side of the story. Okay, whether in fact he does owe half a million or whether there's some other understanding. This is according to the Las Vegas. Journal review. And gambling review, is an sorry, addiction. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Yeah. Do you gamble, by the way? Not anymore. I used to have a problem gambling. It's uh, as, you know, as and, I, and I, look, I addictive. bought my first car with my gambling winnings, so I think it's going well. I got <laughs> yeah. a pretty good handicapper of horses, and you know, I, I bought a car to prove it when I was pretty young. But wow. the only thing is that in those days there were no green machines, no ATMs where you could just run over and take out another sum of money you had to actually go to the bank and one day i went to the bank twice in one day because i was you know in a little not deep but i just wanted to gamble and there was afternoon racing and there was evening racing and i lost my money in the afternoon and i went back to the bank to take out more money for the evening harness racing and it just so happened that the teller the same teller had seen my mom saying oh you know i saw mark and he was in the bank twice today and of course my mother was like why were you in the bank twice right and then you know lying and you can't do that you can't lie because that makes it worse. So you have to, you know, I said, listen, I gamble. You gamble? And that wasn't good because her father was a gambler and her father, my grandfather, my grandfather told me the story about how he had lost the first seven races at Woodbine one day and he was going to bet, and he was down a lot of money, all the money that he had, uh, you know, that month's rent and stuff like that. And um, he was going to bet, uh, he was going to double down to make all the money back on the last race, several thousand dollars, I guess it was, or whatever. And he was going to bet on, let's say, the number eight horse. And the window that he went to, the, 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 sell, the ticket seller at the track said, I noticed you haven't had a very good day. And then he said to him, he said, Frankie Merrill, who was a big-time trainer in those days, Frankie Merrill was just here at the $50 window, and he bet a lot of money on his horse, whatever the horse's name was. 
And so my grandfather changed his bet from what he was going to bet, the horse he was going to bet on, to the horse that this cashier had mentioned that Frankie Merrill had bet his money on, and that horse won. Wow. And he made the money back, and like, and the story goes, he never gambled after that again. I think he did, but I think that was like one of those days. Now, again, you hear stories from grandparents, from relatives, maybe there's a bit, but the point of the matter is, is that this is what my mother told me, and so she was worried that, if you're a gambler, you're a degenerate gambler. And if you lose, you're going to do anything, it's a slippery slope. ruin your family and stuff like that. But it's not true. Most gamblers are not degenerate gamblers. They know when to say, that's it for me. It's the ones that don't, that do not know when to quit. In other words, you're taking But you your quit. Money. You seem to recognize you had a problem. Well, I under- yes, because I, I understood that what happened is I was using more money than I was comfortable with. You see, when you take out 50 or 60 bucks or 100 bucks, and that's your evenings of entertainment, instead of going to the movies or going to a show or going out for a nice dinner, you use it for gambling. That's your entertainment. If right. the money's gone, you go, okay, it cost me $100, but I had fun. I lost this race by a nose, or I didn't quite catch the card, whatever. But once you start taking out more money than you're comfortable with, right, it becomes a whole different thing. You're, you're out of your element. Now, now when you lose, it's not comfortable. And you go, geez, I got to make that money back. Whereas when you use it for entertainment, you don't say, I have to make that money back. Right? You don't do that. Like if you go to a, a concert and it was a lousy concert, what are you going to say? I want my money back because <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't worth, it wasn't entertaining enough. Right. So that's what happened. So what I, now, if I, I don't even gamble, like I really don't. And if I were to, I would take, you know, whatever, 20 bucks or 50 bucks, let's say, and say, all right, if I lose this, that's my entertainment. You know your limits and you play within it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so, and that little lesson brought to you by, uh, Hebsey on sports. So huh. that'll do it for episode number 149 of Hebsey on sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Check out his excellent podcast, Toronto Mike. And if you're looking for a great Christmas gift for the sports fan in your life, may I suggest purchasing a copy of the book, the greatest athlete you've never heard of the amazing story of George Orton born in Strathroy, Ontario, who after falling out of a tree at the age of three was told by doctors, he would never walk again. What did he do? ended up being the greatest middle distance runner of his generation and a real innovator uh, when it came to 20th century sports. And a Canadian. But of course, Canadians didn't know he was a Canadian because nobody wrote about him. They got the picture of him wrong. Oh, it's a whole story. You got to read it. It's called The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. Buy it wherever fine books are sold or get in touch with me and I can get you an autographed copy so that in the Christmas stocking, what's this? It's I have an a idea. book by Hebsey. Signed by Hebsey. It's his book. Reach out to Hebsey to get that autographed copy of his book, and he can deliver it to you and take a selfie with you. Wouldn't that be something? On December 7th at Palma's Kitchen at noon, where TMLX5 is uh, taking place. Hit me up for details. I'll be away. Oh, 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 I think I told, I'm going away. I I'm not telling you where that. I'm going, but I am going off the grid. Oh, yeah, the top secret trip. Yes, I didn't exactly know that. right. Anyway, the book is endorsed by the likes of Ron McLean, Don Cherry, Gare Joyce, Olympic decathlete Damian Warner, and Rob Baker of The Tragically Hip. Just to throw some names, people that read the book and liked it. And liked it. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports very shortly. Until then, so long for now. <laughs>